I'm glad you know. I'm glad you had that. You know what that was? That was you having a moment being like, oh, it's fucked up. So I would notice that I had fucked up. Yeah. Synchronicity. The first AR, I was the great spirit. In the second AR, men knew me as the horn god. Pangenitor, panthage. In the third AR, I was the dark one, the devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not, for I am the hidden one. In the fifth aeon, I appear before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon, I appear to you as C.M.N. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above. Is commentary on the magic art. In the year of the primal form, the dawn of terrestrial birth. Oh, that was very educational. Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by what I just said. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sumatran Kennedy. And this is Chaos Magic News, your replacement for online friends. Joining me this week is my positively barbaric co-host, Cerebus the co-host. How you doing, Cerebus? Cerebus is doing well. Cerebus is in an ongoing comic strip after his main series ended like 50 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't devolve into a Dave Sims conversation. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the DKMU. That's right. The The, Donkey Kong monkey unit. Yeah. He's the leader of the bunch. You know him well. He's He's finally finally back back to kick some tail. (laughs) I'm going to just edit in that part right there anyway. (laughs) Fantastic. I feel like there's some way we could have brought that back to something actually related to the DKMU, but the nostalgia just took over and it was like to kick some tail. Well, oddly enough, I I think nostalgia is relevant for the DKMU, not to discredit anyone that's still working in the DKMU and the interesting things they're doing, but the DKMU really is, it's it's like the IOT, It's 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 a thing from another era in a lot of ways. Well, from what I've seen, it's still going pretty strong, it's far from defunct, and I mean, they've even got a whole new... Uh, wheel of the god forms that they're working on. So, you know, they're they're doing stuff. They're not quite the maybe this is just me, but one being kind of one of the the first for lack of a better word orders that really evolved out of America. They're very interesting, but also something about their whole mystique going from this sort of internet fringe anarchist sensibility assault on reality type stuff they seemed edgy would make it sound negative but there was honestly something very very captivating about it that make you feel like i could get behind this and while they've lost that edge they've still got an incredibly interesting bedrock to go to. I use the word bedrock a lot, but the overall basis and ideas presented by the DKMU are still super interesting to this day. 
even if they don't seem quite so dangerous, I guess. Yeah, dangerous is a word I would use. It's it's not that the DKMU is now like a relic of a previous era, but there's a I think there's a distinct difference for what the DKMU was even when I like first started getting into magic and what it is now. Oh yeah, totally agree. And what's interesting is that I think during the Cult of Saturn episode, I made a comment where I thought that 2008 was kind of when the DCAM you had their first big lull and I got that completely wrong. That's when they were actually founded pretty much. Or when, when the, the two, the, the DK and the MU as it were sort of combined right around that time period, which means the DKMU isn't quite as old as I thought it was. That's the issue of like things that feel like they have some sort of nostalgia. They always feel older than they really are in a lot of ways. I guess even in that way that like we think about, um, like the Beatles feel like such a huge formative aspect of music, for instance. And when you really think about the fact that the Beatles are only like, what's uh, like 40 years old. That is not correct. Mm, no, it, more like they're, they're, they're like 60. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, when you think about the fact that the Beatles are only like 60 years old, they're like your grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned the wheel of God forms. So I think it's probably only appropriate that we talk about the original um, DKMU God forms then, right? Well, let's, let's circle back, no pun intended, and just give the real quick three lines for anyone who has no fucking idea what we're talking about. And I will say that I did an interview with one of the, for lack of a better word, a a founding member about the origins of the group, where they're standing today. And I think it's really good. I think that they had a great deal of interesting quotes. Uh, The answers that they were also just, they were just a lovely person to interview. Super thrilled. You should go read the interview. It's on the main site, chaosmagicnews.com. But I will give the quick rundown of where the group came from. And then we can circle back to the, 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 the first wheel of God forms and whatnot. Go for it. The DKMU stands for Domos Chaotica Marauder Underground, which were originally two separate occult groups that were in sort of the same online area. And they kind of had similar styles and materials is the word that he, that he uses around 2008, 2009, they just sort of, for lack of a better word, grew together. There wasn't like a huge open declaration of like, Oh, now we're both joining. They just, everything sort of came together and somebody started throwing around the DKMU and it just stuck. This all largely happened on, uh, Oh man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I have the interview up, but it, it, it all, largely happened around like web forum like you know web forum era era stuff so chat rooms message boards you know that kind of thing the the pre web 2.0 stuff they developed a a kind of shorthand and a kind of similar uh foundation for a couple practices notably something called the linking sigil that they would just post up everywhere and the idea was that by spreading this everywhere, you would create this etheric network that would 
link the entire world together, anywhere that had this symbol. And then that also goes into the, the God form cycle where they created, or if you listen to at least certain members of the group, they discovered these various God forms rather than just deciding, okay, these are gods. They went out and experimented to try to make contact with these things and let them through the working, tell them what they were about. Now, I don't know how absolutely 100% true that is. I just wasn't there when it happened. And interestingly enough, this is one of the few examples where this has been a group effort of, it wasn't like Mitch disappeared into an isolation chamber for a week and then came back and said, oh, guys, Zoltran, it's all Zoltran. (laughs) You got to get down with your bad self for Zoltran. (laughs) This was, uh, you know, this was, hey, I made contact with this thing and, you know, I got apparently this number is associated with it and I got this symbol. And then somebody said, well, I took the same thing and worked with it and I got a similar thing and it said this and they appeared to me in this aspect and that aspect. And they developed a, a working system of something like, what is it, 10? I think 10 God forms. They had a, a deeply, while not personal, a deeply unique central identity for the DCAMU centering around these God forms. Just recently, they started working on the second wave, as it were. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Definitely. And um, when I first came into magic, one of the first things that like, I just discovered out of nowhere was the DCAMU God forms. There's eight of them. Eight. That's the... Yeah, there's there's eight of them. Makes more counting sense. Counting the conjunctio, which is kind of a weirder concept. But more than anything, it was it was really fascinating to see this sort of whether you want to call it a construction in the sense that people actively made these or or that they discovered them and cobbled them together into something. It was interesting to see these entities sort of grouped together and given these broader explanations coming from you know something like uh the lema in 777 where you see the correspondences it's fascinating to look at the dkmu god forms because they don't exactly hold the same level of typical kind of correspondences you see in the western esoteric tradition for instance in what way well like the only way I could really get into that is to get into the God forms themselves, right? Right. Well, like let's look at the uh, attributes that are given to Ellis in the um, the pamphlet that everyone's fucking seen that explains the God forms. They connect them to different archetypes like Eris and Coyote and Arachne, and they discuss the functions of the linking sigil for Ellis. There's similar ideas to other facets of the occult that are kind of just given a lot more of a generalization on the one hand and a sort of swap around on the other. The interconnection of the Elysian web is probably something we would very much compare to the, um, the web of Indra, for instance, Mm, the net of Indra. Yeah. Oh my bad. Yeah. It's, a very similar sort of concept, but at least as far as we see and 
older traditions, it's the idea of an Erisian goddess that connects to that doesn't make a whole lot of mm, sense. Mm, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 The, it's not a, it's not the idea of this is the, the great interconnectedness of a unifying order. In fact, it's, it's the artificial. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the art. It's the artificial interconnectedness of a, of a chaotic being. And that goes back to the DKMU's entire MO of assaulting on consensus reality. It's the idea that the brick and mortar in quotes that we all hold up as this is what the real world is, is, is one, it's fucked. But two, it's it's under attack from these. Um, yeah, it's being undermined by these sorts of practices. Yeah, and that's, as opposed that's to the idea. reified by them. Yeah, yeah. You're not even. It's not even the idea of redeeming or reenchanting. It's the idea of tearing it down. Yeah, and I think that's a very. That's why I, I look at the DKMU as the sort of progenitors of occultism online if the internet age has a has a magical order it's the zcamu wow now that's a that's a seal of approval if i've ever heard one that's one heck of an endorsement well i don't know if it's a good thing but it's definitely accurate is yeah. what i'm getting at yeah yeah i guess the oh you know what okay here's the here's the negative end of it i suppose what was it anarcho nihilism whatever the fuck Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like nihilism. Everything's everything bad. Life is a fuck. You should grab an AK and negate about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Bobby just sits on that damn internet box all the time, negating. (laughs) Yeah, it's because you're always negating on that damn phone. But the DKMU, I think, is an overall, it's a lot of what people strive for in the online occult world now. They want to have something that feels interconnected and has an overarching kind of ideal behind it. And whether that's um, as simple as negating the world because it's a fuck or a, a deeper, abstract, creative sort of aspect of it, that's what I feel like most people want. And the DKMU is one of the few places we can look at that that proliferated in an online scene. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you can always argue how well they're doing now or how effective they were in the long run, but if we're talking about what they represent or represented, past or present tense, they really are something special as far as occultism and particularly chaos magic is concerned, you know? Thelemites can talk all day about ushering in the the Aeon of Horus or, you know, that sort of thing. But like in in a weird way, the DKMU probably represented more of that real go out and do it sensibility than a lot of Thelemites do, which can very quickly degenerate into Aeon of Osiris, except we do it in the butt. (laughs) Yeah, I I think overall the lasting effect of the DKMU on a culture for lack of a better term. Cause you use that like 75 times <laughs> is going to be, it, it's going to be noted. I mean, I think anyone that got into chaos magic specific specifically has seen the linking sigil. They've seen the Ellis sigil probably before they had any clue what it was. I'm sure there's probably at least a handful of people out there that don't even realize the greater. It's not a cosmology. 
the DCAM you got forms aren't like a cosmological explanation of anything, but that sort of greater totality of what it's about. You know what I mean? I wouldn't doubt if there were some, probably not a whole lot, but there are probably some people who see the linking sigil and just assume that it's a, it's an overall chaos magic thing rather than what is honestly a, a specific splinter group from chaos magic. Well, and that's the other thing I think that the DKMU gets a lot of praise in my mind for. They're, they're, an, they're a splinter off of what would be called just general chaos magic, but they are definitely a group that kept the, the uh, torch burning in chaos magic. It, it wasn't a group that had an overall sort of uh, dogma or, you know, ethics to it. Well, no, in fact, I'd say they definitely had an ethics, but they were united far more by a general creative principle and a sort of undermining of reality ethics, as it were. Yeah, and I and I think personally they have a there's a lot, at least in the interview when I talked, there was a uh, a really good quote that talked about the idea of trying to go beyond chaos magic, you know, understanding the the conceit of belief as a tool, right? And the, there's a quote that I've got, if I can find it, that belief must be transmuted into knowing, which I find absolutely fascinating. The idea that you can, you can believe something, you can use your belief as a tool to get a certain desired result, but to try to take that and go from, I believe this is true, to on a phenomenon that on an experiential Thank God you're level, mispronouncing words. Yeah, but on an experiential level or a phenomenological level, that this thing that I'm doing has gone from I believe this to I understand that this is how this works, and maybe not on the 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 type of knowing that says, oh, I found capital T truth, but knowing. Uh, just example, like if we're talking energy model, you can act as if the energy model is accurate, but there are some people that I'm sure have had experiences that say there's too much going on in my experience for me to say that there isn't some sort of magical energetic, energetic model that, you know, there has to be something like prana going or, or etherics that has a a reality to them rather than what my answer would be if you talk to me about it where it's like well when i when i act as if the there is some sort of energy that i can tap into i get results that would seem to indicate that that is accurate well first there's the mountain and then there isn't a mountain and then there's a mountain again yeah yeah it's it's the sort of working within a paradigm to the point that the reality of the paradigm sets in as apart from the arbitrariness of being able to use any paradigm as a tool. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that goes back to the Gordon White quote about how people don't tend to stay in chaos magic. Because what I think what most of us are doing when we do chaos magic is operating almost in a open to all um, possibilities kind of model and what gets us out of chaos magic per se and something that in a lot of ways you should really be very wary of is the idea of 
finding something that feels more than arbitrary. Mm. Mm. And we should be wary of it, obviously, because we can end up in some very ridiculous situations over it. But I, I think that there is something to be found in the occult that transcends the idea of arbitrary belief as opposed to it. It's not the same as like becoming a Christian or, you know, reverting to Islam, but there's very much something that we can find when we do chaos magic that seems to transcend the ideas of simply um, accepting that if, if I can work hard enough at believing something, I can get a result in some sort of way. Well, maybe that's a controversial take. But. Well, let's go back to what was said last episode. You have occultists who essentially when questioned, when, when pestered or when they're pressed to make actual statements on things, will revert to this idea of psychology or the, what did you say? Like, oh, I'm an agnostic. I don't really believe in anything it's just this gets results so it gets results this is kind of the opposite where it takes a stand where it's like i'm not arguing on faith i'm not arguing on belief i'm arguing on a experiential level of these are things that have happened to me and i have done them to the point that i have i have an actual knowing you know, I, I have genuine knowledge of this firsthand. And I, I guess it's sort of a Gnostic idea of you, you can read about it. You can hear the preacher talk about it. You can believe in it. But the, the, tr- the true measure of spiritual whatever is the firsthand experience of the divine. Right. Yeah. And. And back to the fact that we're talking about the DKMU here, I feel like the DKMU is one of the few groups to take that sort of position and decide to go forward with it instead of continually reverting back to whatever sort of um, like, well, this is the experience I had, but there's multiple ways of modeling it sort of way. And, you know, granted, there are multiple ways of modeling even the DKMU phenomenon. And I'm sure people within the DKMU don't all have a singular idea of what it is, but there is a point where we can agree on it, that there's something beyond the constructed ideas of what the DKMU was about. This ain't just shit that you made up in your mother's basement while you were wearing your sister's clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. (laughs) Anyone can be a magician. All you need are some of your sister's clothes <laughs> and to talk real loud. Like, everybody look at me. I'm a dang wizard. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. <laughs> oh, man. I hope people have seen um, we Show. are a collection of screaming jackasses. Screaming jackasses. Let the big dumb sword fight begin. <laughs> Who's your favorite DKMU god form? Zalty all day. Really? Yep. Is there a particular reason? Yeah, actually. And I found the conceptually, I found him very interesting as, as a, a sort of, uh, an ocean, an oceanic God as a sea God, a pirate God, a, a, you know, a ship sailor, a navigator, 
described almost as a remover of obstacles in a way, somewhere between like a Ganesha and a Jesus, but with like some Jack Sparrow in there, you know? Very, uh, conceptually, that's it sounds pretty cool. He's also described as like the he is the goal attained that like that sort of thing. And I think that's you know that's a that's a god you can get down with. That's a god you can party with, have a beer with him or a a, a, <laughs> a, a thing a uh, a bottle of rum. Yo ho ho. Although I also had a very bad experience. <laughs> Where I tried to call him up and do something, and then like something really bad happened to me. And really, yeah, and notably a a biker a biker gang is a strong a motorcycle club. These weren't like criminals, but these were this wasn't Hell's Angels. Yeah, these aren't people you'd want to get. I, I I couldn't imagine these as people you'd want to piss off either, but. You know, they, they weren't like organized crime, but they were they were something like the Iron Pirates or something. So what had happened, it felt like a very synchronistic, ooh, shit, something bad happened. And I, I, I had thought, it's like, well, I either did this real, I really fucked up or maybe I did something to offend him. I don't know. Ironically, during this interview, during the, the course of the, the correspondence back and forth, I was told something that sort of recontextualized that whole experience where, you know, maybe that was a, a looking out for me kind of thing <laughs> where it was described as when things go really bad and you somehow manage to, to, to come out unscathed, you know, that's salty. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe that could have been a lot worse, <laughs> which, uh, you know, it, it was interesting. So that that's, and then as far as I'm concerned, the other ones are just, I don't have anything bad to say about them. I just haven't worked with them extensively enough. I think you've done more actual work with these guys than I have. Oh yeah. I was very much about the DKMU God forms for a long time. So if you had to pick a, if you had to pick a, a, a top, a, a top dog, who would you get? Oh man. It's a, uh, it's, it's a tough question. I, I think the one that I work with most to this day is, um, I know, or Eno, I've never figured out how to pronounce it properly. Brian Eno. Right. The DKMU God form, Brian Eno. <laughs> Taking Tiger Mountain by Chaos Magic. But yeah, I, I think um, Eno is the one that I've, I, I've tend to worked with the most. And in a weird way, it might be because they feel like the safest in my mind. They feel like the one that... In what way? Well, in a lot of ways, they were very similar to things that I had already worked with. So Moon Goddess? Yeah, exactly. Moon Goddess, um, a Muse, the, the gate opener. Wait, wait, wait. It was wait. something that was... Wait. Did you say the key and the gate and the keeper of the gate? <laughs> Fucking Yogg-Sothoth. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my like, God, you asked did the Lovecraft special already stop. <laughs> I, I think that it was something that felt like it made sense a lot. It, 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 it was something that fit the bill of what I already knew. I think if I had to pick a favorite one, the one that I get down with the most, it's probably um, good old 663, the, the pot-smoking beast, the, the gray lion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't he have another name, though? Uh, the Doombringer? That was it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one you're looking for. The Doombringer. Doombringer. Like, dude, look, look, look. If you don't put, like, heavy metal guitar riffs 
right when I go, motherfucking Doombringer. <laughs> like that's, you know, yeah, fuck, who wouldn't? <laughs> Although, to be fair, it's a, it's a little bit of a, when it's like Ellis, Zalty, the White Queen, it, it starts to be a little bit, it's a little Reed Richards, isn't it? It's like, I'm going to be <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to be. What we're do- saying is that Johnny should be Mr. Fantastic and you, you should, should be, be stretchy guy. You should be Mr. Stretchy man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to be doom. Bring- I'm going to be doom bringer five dicks. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, if I had to pick one that I felt I got the most out of, that would be the one. Okay. The and and maybe it's just because it's the 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 romance and the mystique of the shamanic death and the the beast out in the wild for me. <laughs> Sounds but very it, Aeon that's the of one Osiris. That... Dork. <laughs> Dork. Ooh, death and rebirth. <laughs> Who cares? Grow up. <laughs> Literally, Aeon of the child. <laughs> Aeon of the preteen that doesn't want to do his homework. <laughs> Doombringer wouldn't make me eat my vegetables. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> like, like, a, like a teenager getting mad at his Abrahamic God for... <laughs> god okay holy fuck krishna 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 um okay all right can we do a silly thing because they're talking about the the second cycle of god forms and they seem interesting but it's so early in the game that i can't really say much about them in a positive or negative light you know, it's just there. It's it's a work in progress. They it needs field testing, as I was told. So, but uh, who's your who's your draft pick? If you had to you had to come up with your who's your nomination for the second wheel <laughs> right now? Can't think about it. It has to flow from your from your inner uh, horse being. man, horse man. Yeah, he, he's he's got a horse head. He, he really likes jazz. He's a he's a uh, deity over improvisation and. Um, misdirection to in, invoke him you have to um eat some hay and um nail a a, a, a a horseshoe to the top of your doorway dude i have a horseshoe right here i can do this call mr horsehead <laughs> also known as uh the bojack god also <laughs> known as the um the 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 niels Bohr god also known as um the uh the quantum stallion i'm writing all of this down i'm going to i'm going to submit it to some people later see what they say <laughs> what about you uh mine would be manhorse he is the <laughs> archetype of stealing other people's ideas and just tweaking them a little bit he abhors originality and really delights in laziness He's the type of God that you wake up in the morning and, you know, make coffee and go back to bed. <laughs> you've had a busy, you've had a busy, busy day. You know what? You know, it'd be really cool. What if we played video games in our sweatpants? Just for how long? Eh, till we fall asleep on the couch. Oh, wait, you had this thing to do today? Let's, what's the easiest way we can phone this shit in? 
<laughs> Just tell him Ableton crashed. <laughs> his Holy number fuck. is his number is uh shit. Five, I'm five, pretty five. sure I sent it to you already. <laughs> <laughs> New phone who oh. dis. And he's also known as the co-host. <laughs> that's my submission for you. That's free of charge. DKMU will be posting the sigils to both of these guys on the website. <laughs> oh man. They're going to go bananas for this one. <laughs> uh, I still think that coming up with the donkey Kong monkey unit and just calling it that for like a month, whenever it came up in conversation <laughs> is, is probably my greatest joke I've ever concocted. And no one, but me and you think it's funny. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll put a meme up when the next episode comes up and they'll have to love it. We'll make them love it. But fuck you. You love me. White boy. What? Why? What? I, I don't know. I'm going to edit that out. Don't worry. Jackie, you punk ass white boy. He did not edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So. I need a water. One second. All right. This is going to be a brisk episode. So with that out of the way, I guess we're going on to the most beloved segment of Chaos Magic News. What? In the news. <laughs> huh? What is What's in the news What is in the news indeed Well I'm not gonna lie to you folks We have some Interesting headlines this week If I can find them Can we talk about the The Mexican prime minister Oh let's start with that Yeah Well first of all Enemy of friend of the show Critical Charlie <laughs> made a video about this so i got it before he did so y'all best recognize i don't know what i'm going on about but the the point being that uh the uh not prime i don't know why the fuck i said prime minister god damn it stupid american mexico's president posted a photo on his social media account claiming to have a photo of like a wood nymph spirit elf type creature. I don't know what the proper name for it is, but, uh, little dude, little goofy guy. It's a little, little guy, little buddy, little buddy. Now I do have the tweet. It says I, and it's Google translate. So sorry. I share two photos of our supervision of the Mayan train works. One taken by an engineer three days ago, apparently from an Alux, another by Diego Prietro of a splendid pre-Hispanic sculpture in Ekbalum. Everything is mystical. An Aluxe or an Alux, I guess is what the creature is called, but it's like a, it's like an elf. It's like a, 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 a type of the little people of Mayan legend, I suppose. So, you know, like one of those things, a goblin, a gnome, that type of deal. It's, it's just very interesting because this is the equivalent of if Biden posted a photo that said, uh, guys, we were, we were out there by the pipeline and check it out. 
it's a leprechaun. You know, it's it's pretty wild. It's pretty buck wild. We found a Keebler is, elf out here. I mean, everything's I, God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy Corn Pop and I were out leprechaun hunting. <laughs> And the hairs on my legs. <laughs> it cast it. It used what they call a hex on me, <laughs> and my leg hairs grew three sizes that day. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking abs- it's fucking crazy. Um, sadly, the problem is right is that I did a little bit of I I I was able to do three minutes of research. Thank Whoa, God. that's a lot for us. Yeah, for us. Woo, shit. <laughs> Could write an essay on it. But the, the fact is, he posted that saying it was from three days ago. That photo is at least three years old from other things. And, and everybody's sort of claiming the same thing where it's like, ooh, that's a spooky critter. And then I think the explanation was like it was a wet blanket thrown into a tree. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what they want you to think listener they said it was a chinese balloon too <laughs> that's the um that's the interesting thing about seeing the state admit to spooky stuff whether it's ufos or little goofy uh spiritual guys i mean i'm a little goofy spiritual guy and the government refuses to acknowledge me <laughs> <laughs> There's just a certain level of like, what is this really about to it? Like even, even with the Mexican president here, like what, what was he really trying to accomplish with that? Everything is mystical. You heard him. He's just having a (laughs) splendiferous time. He just took too many edibles is what it was. (laughs) I think maybe, God damn it. Hold on. All right. I'm sorry about that. Listeners. There was a, well, the government said it was a wet cloth in a tree, but my dog disagreed. <laughs> no, I do think there's something very interesting about a government official being like, here's a photo of a cryptid or like a folklore creature. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a certain level of cultural reverence for these mythic beings of their heritage, you know, which is, you know, I'm down with that. Yeah. America ain't really about that. No, we don't, we don't like talking about the Eagle and the coyote and the snake, but go over to Ireland and it's like, you know, the magically delicious. (laughs) They're like, no, we can't build the highway right through these standing stones. The fucking gentry is going to kick the shit out of us. (laughs) You mentioned the Chinese balloon. So I'll give a quick thing on this article. Um, The Chinese balloon saga could be part of a new space race closer to Earth. Back in March 2018, (laughs) back in March 2018, Chinese officials and key state scientists gathered in Beijing to celebrate the start of a new front in research near space. So they're just trying to tell you that the 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 balloon and all the other UFOs are just the Chinese being like, oh, we're gonna be like. Not quite in space, but we'll be in space. Everything is not quite in space. <laughs> Fuck you mean near space. I'm kicking my I'm kicking the shit out of exploration in near space. I'm right here. Boy, we out here. Boy, we out near. What is the what the whole idea is that they're just like going that's like, oh, it's just like real low level orbit shit. But with a balloon? That doesn't make it never mind. That don't make no goddamn sense. You making shit up. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. 
Ooh, this is in relation to the good old CIA Havana syndrome, not caused by foreign adversary, U.S. intelligence claims. Caused by domestic adversary. <laughs> the involvement of overseas foes in anomalous health incidents suffered by U.S. diplomats and spies was deemed very unlikely. <laughs> they let that shit rage in the news. What did I say? You just got to wait. As long as they needed to talk about Cuba, it was yeah, good. But yeah. then there's like, oh, by the way, hey, it's probably yeah. nothing. Like I said, you just wait six months and you can just own up to whatever crazy lie you did and no one's going to call you on it. I just love how everyone was talking about how Havana syndrome was just like mass psychogenic and illness. And, uh, you know, the CIA says it and like, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, um, those damn Cubans. Shit. They also said it's like, oh, you know, and that's always like the the enemy is weak and strong type thing where it's like Cuba is a is a, a hellhole without access to medical technology. But they also have like a microwave gun that will make you, you doo-doo on yourself. <laughs> Scramble your fucking yeah. egg. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, actually, that's another thing, too. It's like in the same way that governments benefit from the peddling of conspiracies, especially the ones that make them seem like they're far more powerful and competent than they really are. Part of me goes, oh, man, the CIA definitely has like a microwave gun that they can point at me just for talking shit. <laughs> but then on another level, it's like, man, the CIA probably benefits really like a whole hell of a lot from convincing me that they probably have a microwave gun. Meanwhile, there's like boys in the lab where it's like, you're still not done with this microwave gun. The technology just isn't there, dude. The Chinese are sending up fucking balloons. <laughs> We're just not there. Well, they also got them genetically modified babies. You don't even want us genetically modifying the corn. What are we supposed to do with the baby? <laughs> to keep it on the government weak and strong argument, Canada bans TikTok on government devices over security risk. Mm, a couple states. EU and parts of US already blocked yeah, access I was gonna say, to Chinese owned. A couple states have already done that, but it's it, that's the thing. It's only on government devices. Like if you're working, say you have you work for a government agency and they give you a work phone or you have like a laptop. Yeah, you shouldn't use the, use your personal phone. <laughs> dickhead like what's wrong with you my bosses don't even they they have us like a 45 minute speech about how we shouldn't be downloading personal fucking things onto the work uh technological devices well there's nothing personal about my only fans that's a business venture <laughs> yep that can be on the government phone and the 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 state senate and the legislature all of them they won't you know they they got they got no beef mr governor pay for my foot picks back to the intelligence angle we <laughs> back to the intelligence angle british intelligence missed a chance to stop the 2017 ariana grande concert attack nah you're kidding they they could have they could have stopped it and they fucked it up no way this might be a little loaded but i'm a firm believer that that is why 9-11 happened I, I feel like it's almost established that's why 9-11 happened yeah ariana Unless grande you think that the u.s yeah. <laughs> Unless you're someone that thinks that it was like a, a full blown psyop and like there weren't any planes. That was just the TV or <laughs> those towers. The, never, know, was, those the, towers were a hologram the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I think it's pretty accepted that nine 11 happened because intelligence agencies weren't in communication with each other and they were just and willing to let possibly didn't go. give yeah. a fuck. Yeah. They just yeah. bug it. 
or it, and you know, I could even go a step further with the more insidious and say like they knew it was going to happen, but they also knew that what they could get away with if they let it happen. Oh yeah, I mean, I I think that's an accurate take. Yeah, you mean we can just we we can use this to further strip away human rights and spy on our own citizens? Count me in. This is a win-win. Uh, do we want to talk about the Maryland powder? I don't even know what that is. What? Oh, you didn't hear about this? No. The what powder? Mysterious white dust falling from the sky in West Virginia has been identified. So it wasn't Maryland. It was West Virginia. My bad. Was it dandruff? Sky dandruff? They say, on the one hand, it might have been snow, which seems uh, unlikely given that the amount of... Well, on the one hand, the amount of people that could probably mistake snow for like something terrifying is god dang global warming was the kids don't (laughs) even know what snow looks like no more but um back on the 23rd people across the state reported across three states reported seeing a strange white powdery substance falling from the sky and collecting on cars people began spreading rumors and doing what they always do and they uh, apparently people were requested that anybody experiencing these issues called 911 immediately and have their local fire part department respond. They also advised to shut doors and windows, avoid outdoors at this time as a common sense approach until it can be identified. That seems like the type of thing they might tell you when they don't know what the fuck it is. It's like, just stay the True. hell away from it. And I guess the fire department, like, what are they going to do? They're going to like spray it off your car. They're going to be like, I don't know. That's bizarre. So they said that it's snow and then it also might be pollen. That white pollen. Yeah. You know, that good old white pollen that everyone knows about. Like my problem with this is that it, it tries to tell you that you're too dumb to recognize pollen and snow on your car, which like I said, people are dumb. They freak out about things that make no sense, but well, you know, on the other hand, that's exactly the same thing you would tell. It's the barn owl thing, right? What do you mean? Like alien sightings. And then they go like, oh, these were just dumb hillbillies that didn't recognize a barn owl. It's like, yeah, the people that live out in the woods and probably seen see fucking barn owls all the goddamn time. Couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, exactly. They must just they they just must be like stupid inbred hillbillies on their their third their third pack of beer. So they didn't know what they were shooting at, you know? Fuck them. On the other yeah. hand, it's also, man, people are really dumb sometimes. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the rub. It's it's hard to decide which one you want to believe. But uh, all I'm saying is that if in uh, West Virginia and the surrounding states, we start hearing about some weird shit happening, I'm just going to say, well, it's that white damn powder, ain't it? It's Mothman juice. <laughs> <laughs> this is what makes you a Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna, this whole state's going to be swarming soon. Oh, here, th- this is why I confused it with Maryland. A Maryland mayor has been arrested for more than 50 counts of child pornography. What's that got to do with white powder? Well, when you when you put a lot of white powder in your nose, you start thinking, <laughs> I can get away with having child pornography. Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I disgusting. hope... disgusting. Uh, fucking kitty diddlers, man. Fuck them. Hope, hope he gets... Hope they lock him up forever. Put him under the jail. It's just like, fuck, that, that's fucking terrible. But it's just like, it, it's also not surprising. There are so many, for lack of a better word, sexual deviants in politics. 
always end up in bed with like a fucking teenage boy and a stack of meth and you know shit like that you you dirty ass in the fucking airport bathroom stall <laughs> tapping talking about you you had to you know talking about you had to pull your hammer pants down you know that like, it's just like it, it, this shit happens all the goddamn time and it's fucking can't be surprised it's just how it goes i don't know i i don't have a breakdown to be like man they, this is statistically more concentrated than in the average population or if it's less but it definitely happens all the fucking time three years since the pandemic wrecked attendance kids still aren't showing up to school um would you I just have so many opinions on the whole state of our education system and everything that's been going on. And then couple that with a pandemic. It's just, that is just too loaded of a headline. I don't know. uh, Make a joke about teaching critical race pronouns in the school. And that's why (laughs) they don't want to show up anymore. I don't fuck. I don't know. Or, or I guess to, to go on the other end, it's like, uh, they don't want to go to school because the Republicans won't pass any gun laws and they're all cowering in fear for their life. Um, <laughs> there's just way too much ground to cover in a headline like that. But I'm not surprised that, as we've seen, COVID is going to have long-term implications in so many facets of, of the world. A bunch of Walmarts aren't even 24-7 anymore which really sucks because how am I supposed to buy a patio furniture at 3 a.m. anymore? <laughs> uh, oh, did you hear about the, the Walmart shutting down in Portland? Oh, I did. I did. Uh, and nothing of value was lost. <laughs> Apparently 600 people were unemployed after that. Yeah, but it's Portland. So <laughs> that's a, that's a 0.003% increase in the unemployment rate (laughs) you can go find a job being a a hat haberdasher (laughs) bro i sound uh (laughs) oh boy i'm 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 sounding a little uh i'm sounding a little ben shapiro right now aren't i i'm not even meaning to like really take shots at portland or anything it's just sort of like eh I find it hard to believe that the implication that they shut they started shutting down all that shit because like Portland is some sort of fucking uh, <laughs> some sort like of fucking war zone. Fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they're I, I just find that hard to believe. But I do but you know, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> I haven't been to Portland ever. So who knows? West Coast be wildin' sometimes. Did you hear about the um the two intelligence agencies in the U S coming out that they think that COVID was a lab leak. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. And that's one of those things that I, I was already on the fence about when this whole thing started. I didn't think that COVID was a weaponized attack because it's like, man, if this was meant to cause like widespread deaths and be used as a biological weapon, they did a really shitty job. But the idea that this got possibly made in a lab somewhere and then it got out because people didn't wash their hands. That's what got <laughs> us in trouble in the first place. Or, you know, I don't know, whatever. So it's like, yeah, that's like, I don't know how much stock I put in that because even what I saw is like the people saying, the people saying like, hey, it might be a lab leak. They were saying like, we don't have a high level in co- of confidence in this. 
but we do recognize that it is a possibility, which is a step from where it started, where it was like, this is definitely not from a lab ever. This came from a bat suit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it really changes much at this point, because if it was a lab leak, it was clearly negligence on someone's part, as opposed to like, oh, we're going to we're going to release this out into the populace to get you to take the vaccines. Then again, it goes back to what I said. Let's microchip (laughs) in you. Then again, it's what we said earlier. Like you just wait long enough and you can just own up to it and say, oh, yeah, that was our bad. And then you suffer no consequences. So who knows? Maybe six months from now, the that Wuhan lab is going to be like, yep, uh, Jim didn't wash his fucking hand. Jim was picking his nose in the lab again and got himself infected. And we blamed it on the poor bats. We're sorry, bats. <laughs> Let's see. Leaked audio reveals U.S. rail workers were told to skip inspections as Ohio crash prompts scrutiny to industry i mean what did we fucking say already like yep i'm gonna repeat all that don't fucking do just go listen to the episode that we had last week don't give a fuck they don't give a shit the people that work there get treated like shit there's no standards the infrastructure's crumbling they had to keep the trains moving on time and it blew up in their face. We're just in complete callback mode this week because the headline I got now is some states want to bring back child labor instead of giving adult workers better pay. I had a conversation with my father last week about him believing that the age of the union was over and that they weren't needed anymore. And he his examples were like, well, back then, you know, kids like they they had child labor and people being worked to death. And it's now I get to just take this and be like, Hey dad, you were saying it's like, yeah, this is what happens when you dismantle, when you dismantle any meaningful labor movement in a country and you just give all the, you give all the power to the bosses. Yeah. Give you, give us your child. Let us work them. Why? Because no one wants to work. Why does no one want to work? Because we've made the, the entire system so untenable that people would would rather do anything they can to avoid working for our horrible William Blake's satanic mills, as it were. I, I don't want to, I, I have no desire to work in the satanic mill. Do you? No, I'm good. I, I don't yeah. need to meal no Satans. <laughs> but, you know, that's, it's just, is what it is, man. It's like, you're going to, those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. So, but I'm, I'm confident that overall people are not going to go on with the, yeah, we should bring back child labor. (laughs) Although then again, people aren't taking their kids to school. So maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to be cool with it. It's like, yeah, go, go work in the, go work in the meat packing plant. Tell Upton I said hi. (laughs) Well, Japan has decided they have a solution for this. Is it robots? Japanese companies sued for modern slavery. God fucking damn it. No. Ah! Ecuador has indicted three Furukawa executives for human trafficking for the purpose of labor exploitation. So we're right back to it. We're we're at the point now that we're just going to other countries and just grabbing motherfuckers being like, guess what? You work for me now. Uh, arguably, we never really left that. But well, I mean, yeah, no, we're, but- just, just, we're just watching the same problems repeat themselves over and over and over again. And then they're like, at least it's not communism. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I've got one more headline that I sent you where it is Governor DeSantis really thinks that if you're going to talk shit about him, you should have to register with the state. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the, yeah, that's the that is the that is the future we're looking at where <laughs> it's always the party that claims they want government out of your way and not and out of your life that wants you to do things like not be able to talk bad about them. Yeah. Like register. You're a blogger. You better register. You better register your fucking blog before you ever talk shit. I mean, this is the guy that like arrested that woman who was doing actual research into the COVID statistics and how Florida as a whole state was fucking lying about them. And you know, all that stuff. this is a, this is a genuine monster. And the idea that anybody thinks that this guy should be president is fucking scary. This guy's, which is why bad. he'll be president. Yeah, yeah. He'll be, we'll have president DeSantis in you know, a year. It's going to be Oy. bad, bad, bad news bears. It's, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 he's an unapologetic and I don't even want to blow this out of proportion, but like, cause it's like, Oh, you just read the headline. It's like, no, there's, there's no, there's no way you can put a good face on this unless you really just think that no one should be allowed to criticize the politician that you like. Yeah. What reason do they have to do this other than knowing who is talking shit? Yeah. They just want to be able to come after people who criticize them. It's what every politician really wants, because as I've said in the last episode, all of these people are demons and the people that generally the people that are trying to do good in the world out of a genuine love and compassion for humanity get murdered by these demons. So it's what every politician wants is to be able to control who is and isn't allowed to critic uh, to talk about them so that they can control criticism and force the discussion to take the shape that they want. And it, it's going to go largely unchallenged because the state of Florida has a, a super majority that just lets their governor do whatever the fuck he wants. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. And, I think that the only solution is, well, I don't know if it's the only solution, but it's something that you can try. It's just everybody everywhere. Just keep talking shit about DeSantis. And just when he real, you know, that's the whole point is it's like he literally, if the answer is, oh, if you're in the state of Florida, you can't talk about him. Then that just means we all got to pick up the slack for your Florida brethren. Do it for Florida. Retweet. Here's our parrot headline for the week. The maker of Funko Pops collectibles plans to toss more than 30 million worth of its inventory after realizing it has more of its Funko Pop figurines than it can afford to hold on to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the other one I sent you. I saw that headline and literally the only reason I even thought about it is because it's basically like, oh, like the E.T. Atari cartridge. <laughs> there's going to be a there's going to be a landfill like five decades from now that's going to get dug up and they're going to find all these Funko Pops just buried in the ground. It's going to be so great. I think Funko Pops are ugly as shit. There's maybe like two or three that have a decent enough design. Most of them just look like the same beady eyed freak Zoid with like, you know, they're just ugly shit. I don't know why people like them so much. And I'm really, really glad because they feel like, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. They're that perfect example of like tacky fad 
cheap, plasticky nonsense and pop culture that just seem like they're the devil. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad that I'm glad Funko this Pop's is happening. got a bad aura. Yeah, they got bad aura. They got bad vibe. Throw them in a landfill. Salt the landfill. Yeah, at the end of the day, I just want to remind people that this is what they're using the resources on this planet to make. Yeah, yeah. Jacques Fresco, resource-based economy. Stop using it to make Funko Pops. (laughs) I guess that'll end the news segment. So in an effort to talk about magic, given the... um, the horror that happened last week. I found something that is completely awful. And honestly, I cannot trace the origin of it. I spent like an hour and a half today looking for where this came from. And I just can't find it. I know it's somebody on Instagram. So Instagram followers, if you uh, happen to know who the hell this person is and why they wrote this, Let me know. But what we have is a nice little weird occult manifesto from some random fucking psycho on the Internet. And we're going to drag the hell out of it because it doesn't make any kind of goddamn sense. Is it worse than anarcho nihilism, though? Oh, I I don't know. Let's find out, shall we? I feel like we need like a like some hokey music. I don't know. Some kind of, oh, you know what we need? You know the bulk and skull theme from Power Rangers? Yeah, have that play as we're like, all right, yeah, it's time for the yuck yuck hour where we just drag somebody's stupid, weird manifesto that, oh, and dear listeners, if anybody knows where this came from, please get in touch because this guy might have just like scrawled it into the side of a bathroom and then somebody wrote it down. Who knows? This is called the draconian methodology. And draconian is one of those things that gets thrown around in the occult spheres a lot. So that doesn't help at all because this could be any number of people claiming to be the draconians. The word draconian comes from Draco, right? Like a Ro- he was a Roman, right? Am I just fucking insane? Am I stupid? Do I have the brain damage? Because I, I always hear people talking about draconian and they're talking like dra- like it means dragons. Uh, draconian draconian comes from uh, Draco. He was a legal scribe in um, ancient Greece. Greece? Oh, Athens. man. Okay, so I do have brain damage, but like I'm too, I, I, I'm only, like only 10 degrees. Why do people think it means dragon? Because I see that a lot for some reason. I, I guess because Draco and Drac and dragon kind of have some sort of connection. I don't know. I really don't know what, why, what the connection is. I could look up the etymology, but I'm not going oh, to. Okay, Draco is a constellation and it's Latin for dragon. Okay. Never mind. I uh, okay that. Okay, now here's the problem though: is it's like that's Latin for dragon, but the origins of draconian is Greek, right? Exactly, right? Like smoking so- smoking herb is what I'm hearing. <laughs> they be smoking <laughs> herb. You're telling me things look like things and things sound like things. Things look like things and <laughs> things sound like things. Here's the introduction. This text aims to show the fundamentals transmitted by an entity that has accompanied humanity since the beginning, an entity known through legends, mythologies, and the Bible itself as having a draconian form. We will not try here to prove the existence of this entity, since anyway, the rational mind of the human being always denies what goes beyond ordinary perception. Wait, wait, wait. We just want to show these... 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not even joking. Like, I just, just, just dawned on me. Like, are we sure this isn't Kenneth Grant? It's not, because there's a name for the group here. Okay. These fundamentals were transmitted to us through the uh, oracular practice of our group, Society of the Disciples of Dragon. S- okay, hold on. Society. Oh, now I feel bad. Now I feel bad because it's a sense we do not have members who are fluent in English. The present text will probably have some grammatical slash syntactical errors. <laughs> oh, God, I always love that. With, with, uh, as English is not my native tongue, you may find some errors in my syntax. And then meanwhile, <laughs> native speakers are like, Hey, bro. Yo, this don't sound right, fuck. <laughs> hey, hey, bro. Let's, look, what I hey, might God. be saying, what I'm saying might sound hella bad, but if you just be listening for a second, you might peep the knowledge. So from there, it's a list of essentially four fundamentals and then a method. First fundamental, the layup. <laughs> just do a hundred of those a day. It's a dribble, dog. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was heard, I heard reading is fundamental, actually, when I was in school. They told me that. <laughs> there's not even Let's a see. joke there it's just like a <laughs> that's what i learned didn't make me any better at basketball so <laughs> all right fundamental number one is the human being is an enslaved species this is much worse <laughs> tell than that sounds, the japanese accurate the japanese know all about that huh? <laughs> human beings are not enslaved through mere external oppression as American natives and Africans were enslaved by Europeans, but it is an inner enslavement. So there you go, folks. Like, what you know, is this you're- woke nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It means that this entity confirms what Carlos Castaneda told us. The human mind is just a foreign installation with the mind. Human beings controls itself and organizes itself as its master commands. It's not about believing it. It's about proving it in practice. We can see how human thoughts are always in conflict with human feelings. In fact, human beings spend their whole life trying to reconcile their thoughts with their feelings. Listener, are are you struggling with your thoughts and your feelings right now? What do they like that? That feels like a vague it to to reconcile your thoughts with your feelings. If I'm like, okay, here's an example. All right. If I'm in traffic, right. And some asshole cuts me off and I'm like, yo, this fucking asshole cut me off. This guy's a fucking dick. I'm angry about it. It seems like my thoughts and my feelings are in unison, right? What do they mean? It's yeah. like I, now, I, I guess the idea of like there's conflict between sometimes the logical part of your brain versus the emotional part. Look, even my my rational and then my rational part of my brain can duke it out sometimes. I always liked the Peter Carroll colonial being idea where it's like yeah there's like multiple me's duking it out in here that all it's like they all have good reasons for wanting what they want they just happen to want different things i don't know if i'd necessarily throw that up as like a a thinky versus feely thing though it's like that just doesn't yeah it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me you know and it's going like the human mind is a foreign installation where it's like ooh, brain, <laughs> what brain bad Oh, yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. Brain bad. According to this entity, only the destruction of our thoughts together with the reconnection with our instincts can bring us deeper inner harmony. 
The deep inner harmony opens the door to some superhuman possibilities. So it's telling you to just like act on instinct. Don't think. Splink. Yeah, I, it, it, this this is some like pseudo Zen type bullshit, honestly. Just have you tried not thinking? Connect with your instincts? Is this like a uh, some sort of like bestial animalistic idea? Where it's like, what are my instincts? I'm only going by what I've experienced talking to some people. They seem to have these ideas that there are a lot that a lot more of what the quote unquote human experience is, is hardwired into us. And it's not large portions of what you think is natural human behavior only comes about through socialization. You don't believe me? Look at feral children. I look. That's my favorite thing against like all these sorts of arguments is like, because we have actual documented instances of feral children and they're fucking animals. Yeah, they're. They're not only they're animals, but they're like malnourished, like sickly, even cases of like not. A, and that's the the one counterpoint would be that like, oh, well, a lot of feral children aren't just like left to the wolves. They're like abused and shit. But it's like even even when there's cases of like when orphans don't get socialized the way that they should or they don't get the affection that they should. It's like they're sickly. They're weak. They don't develop properly. It seems like the thing that makes a human is other humans. I, yeah, I mean, we, you I, don't, I would say that. And that's why, I, and that's another reason why I, I'd argue, I argue against like collective unconscious archetypes sort of thing too. It's like, I don't think these things are in our blood or in our genetics nearly as much as they're in this ubiquitous idea space that we all get indoctrinated in. Yeah, it's in culture is what it's it is. It's in the culture, like the cheese. <laughs> All right. Um, fundamental number two is freedom is not what human beings think. The true path of freedom is something the human mind will despise. Whenever the human mind desires something, it will no longer be this path. The path is not the path of the purposes and desires of the human mind. So when you follow the path of freedom, you will hate it. You will think you are actually being enslaved by an evil entity. This is precisely what the cowardly traditions of magic teach. Follow the entities only within the boundaries of our tradition or you will be enslaved. And what they really mean is use magic only to satisfy the human mind, your master. In fact, they are not the ones who say it. It is the master who says it through them, who is the master of all human traditions. Like what? <laughs> um, is okay. Uh, soldier and the hunchback, right? Right. Yeah. Enslave yourself to be free. I guess. No, but but th- that's different. There's an ideal that you're getting beyond your simple human ego into something greater. Yeah. Whereas this seems to be like, like, I don't even know what they're really getting at here. It's like the idea that you're going to hate every moment. It, it, the idea that all these other traditions are just trying to like be egoic sorts of things. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I suppose, like, for instance, you could take Buddhism and say that, oh, all Buddhism is really about is like the desire to get outside of suffering. So any attempt to anything you're doing here is just a a, a placation of the human desire. But that doesn't it, it feels really it, it feels like a really hair splitting kind of bullshit argument. <laughs> That's some Alan Watts you're desiring not to desire. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if that's necessarily. Sometimes I, I, you know what? I'll say it uh, just to 
diverge real quick. I think it's very trendy at this point to dog out Alan Watts. Oh when, yeah. Like he makes good points a lot, actually. <laughs> you just have to not be hung up on everything he said as like the authority of traditional Buddhism, you know, or traditional spirituality in any sense, I guess. But anyway, back to this. Uh, what I'm hearing is that the path to freedom is through following the will of this draconian entity and not listening to your brain because your brain is just going to want you to use magic to get whatever you want to satisfy whatever the ego structure wants, which is like fine. But what it sounds like is that you're externalizing something akin to true will or enlightenment and putting it on this, this entity, the entity dun dun. It's not necessarily an onto theological sort of thing, but it's a, um, it's turning, it's taking the idea of a transcendental sort of transpersonal experience and, um, agency that did you say transpersonal through the world. <laughs> it's taking this idea of like some sort There's of legislation transcendental. against this. <laughs> oh my God. We need this has been banned that. in YouTube or not YouTube. Shit. <laughs> Tennessee, Utah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Utah, YouTube. What's the difference? <laughs> All I do is use it to watch Mormons act wild. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's trying to turn this sort of transcendental will into an objective or a, if nothing else, an external entity. Because God forbid that you get beyond your own ego structure and be like, well, maybe everything's interconnected. It's like, no, it's this dark thing in the corner. No, it's actually a dragon. <laughs> it was dragons the whole time. God damn it. <laughs> the balloon was a dragon. They said it was a weather balloon. It was actually a dragon balloon. Prince uh, fundamental number three is the human body is made of energy flows beyond rational limits. The human body is connected with all energy of the universe. The connection articulates with other beings and makes us move with them. The connection is the true source of all magic. The moment you realize this, there is no need for rituals anymore. Rituals are mental ways of understanding this essential connection. But what decides what happens in a ritual and the result of the ritual is a connection that is articulated behind it. The connection comes from one's personal power. No, sis. You are naturally, irrationally positioning yourself as part of a cosmic energy grid. That's what decides what you can or can't do through ritual. However, sorcerers insist on performing rituals to satisfy their minds, for traditions to give the impression that the purpose of magic is to serve the mind. This is an illusion. So it's basically just being like, you don't need rituals. All you need to do is just like, will it to happen? Oh, dude, that was literally, I, I had an argument with somebody one time about that, where if you say shit, like I just willed it to happen. It's like, that doesn't fucking mean anything. You need to actually say what, the, and if the idea is, it's like, I just wanted it to happen. Well, it's like, you know, I wished for it to happen. Wish in one hand, shit in the other, you know, that sort of thing. When, so when people talk about just like, and I'm trying to, you, you didn't see like the, the fake strain I just did. Cause I'm, you know, not on camera, 
But the point is like, you know, when people are just like, well, well, I don't get where this idea comes from. Not, not that I'm saying that like, oh, if you don't wave a wand around, that doesn't count. At least with the concept of gnosis, right? As far as chaos magic or classical chaos magic, at least there is some level where you can point at where it's like, okay, this happens or this, this will takes root by subverting the conscious mind and having it slip past my conscious awareness into the subconscious or the idea of by suppressing my my everyday simple consciousness that reaches out from or or rather reaches past my my conscious mind into chaos my kia moves through me into chaos at least there's something to be said of like that's like you know and how do you do that well you suppress the mind and i think that is what this is getting at like i i do but the idea that rituals are wrong or egoic or flawed because they have like a mental basis or whatever for one i'd argue that it's like a lot of times rituals are effective because they're so physical that your brain gets taken out of it. You know, that's how they, that's how they function. I think this really gets into the idea of what is and isn't a ritual though. Yeah. That's which is something that's been deconstructed a lot, but it's like, even if you sit there and think really hard that I want a pony, I want a pony, I want a pony and you get a pony. That's a ritual in effect. And that's the thing is that I don't think that that's what it's suggesting either. Or if it, if it is, it's stupid as hell. Cause that's what it, that's what I'm talking about when people talk about willing it, where it's like, it can't, when you're saying, oh, I just willed it. That means that it can't be, you just thought about, you just thought about it or you just wanted it or this sort of thing. It's like somehow you had to tap into whatever this source is, this wellspring, and then just do it in a way that can't be properly articulated because we don't have the words for it, which is cool if we're talking about what Carol referred to as high magic or the idea that the the magician requires no symbol system besides reality itself. It's just, it's one of those things when people tell me that I don't really believe them because most of the time they're not intelligent enough to even talk about the, these kinds of things. They just say like, I will it. And then they act real snotty when you, when you talk about like actual rituals and techniques to uh, suppress the mind where they're just like, well, and, that, and that's my problem you with like this you is just, they, they look try at you to like explain. you just, yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's like, they, they look at you like you just like, it's like you're talk you're trying to talk to them about the backstroke and they're like, you can't walk across the water. And it's like, you can't either asshole. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, and the problem that I really get from this is that they try to articulate it into, like, an energy model of some kind. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. You just put yourself in the energy grid. It's like, that means nothing. That is a, those are definitely words, but that doesn't mean anything. That's just a bunch of fucking, that's that's a model without any resemblance to reality. And anything you could tell me that would like make that work would be telling me a ritual of some kind, even if it's a super simplified one. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's almost like you can't have it both ways. You can't say that there's like an energy, there's a, an omnipresent energy field that you're tapped into and then be like, Oh, you don't have to do anything. It just does it. Or it's like, no, you have to do something unless of course the idea is that 
through the suppression of all thought, then you just do it. That it's like the Tao, I guess, you know? It's like we act without doing and everything gets done. But why do you need a drag? Why do you need a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> My real problem with this comes from the fourth fundamental, which is only oracles can help. Human freedom depends on energetic reconnection with external forces. This reconnection needs to be done through a hard process of ocular or of oracular communication. The true functions of oracles is to cross the barriers of the human mind. But human beings use oracles just to satisfy certain traditional prejudices. We would like to explain the correct way to use oracles so that we can create a true connection with allied entities, whose one of the most famous forms among humans is the dragon or Quetzalcoatl, the plumed serpent. So after all of that, after all of that, they're basically just going to tell you, like, here's the proper way to do the thing that we told you about. So it, it's not a ritual because we didn't say it was a ritual. <laughs> Instead, listen to our fortune tellers. Our psychic yeah, exactly. friends are standing by. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, it's just, I mean, whatever. If, 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 some, if you're telling me that the only way forward is through the means of the magical and the spiritual, then yeah, sure. I don't agree with you, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not laughing at you. It's just funny when, like you said, they, they dog out the idea of, of ritual and they're like, well, what's the answer? You know, ritual, (laughs) somebody (laughs) telling you somebody, somebody hooking up with the, and then also the, the incident of uh, the connection of X of the human energetic blah, 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 with external forces. Once again, externalizing the thing. It just seems odd to me. They say the answer and, and you know what? It's, this really does sound like some Kenneth Grant where it's like, you gotta connect with the alien intelligences And that's how you're going to get to your true will or whatever. It's just, I don't know. It's a little, it's, it's a little odd to me. Would you like to hear the method? Uh, is it sitting on the bed with my pecker? The method, the right way to use oracles. You should only ask practical questions. Allied entities have no interest in satisfying your craving for truth. This craving in their eyes is a weakness. They will not satisfy that craving because they would make us even weaker in that way. Therefore, never use oracles to ask for things of truth. They will make fun of you. The allied entities want us to be strong enough to handle the uncertainty of the universe. The universe is predatory by nature. That's why we should not have a rigid way of existing. The more rigid we are, the more vulnerable we are. The craving for truth is a form of rigidity. So, all right, there you go, folks. Don't ask, uh, don't ask for any sort of truth from any of your oracles or the spirits and the dragon will laugh at you and tell you you're a, you're a normie. I don't necessarily disagree with the idea of the, the search for capital T truth very often leads you down a path that doesn't really have any satisfying conclusion. Uh, the, the ability to live with uncertainty is just a thing you got to deal with. But also the implication of like only ask practical questions where it's like, what, what the hell is a practical question? What's a practical question without truth? I, I eat like, should fact. I be asking the dragon? Like, Hey, do I, should I get PF Chang's for dinner? That's yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's pretty damn practical. What, what stock should I trade? 
or uh, should I <laughs> should I make an investment into here or something like that or should I buy this car? These are practical, but like to get anything useful out of it, they have to give you they have to give you factual information, right? That would that would be truth, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on what they really mean by truth in this context, which could mean fucking anything because it's so vague. It doesn't mean anything. If you're talking about it doesn't mean anything. It's just vague. If you're talking about living with uncertainty, right? I mean, like bad shit can happen at any moment. That's that's part of the uncertainty of the universe. But like you have to know certain amounts of reliable information for something to be practical, right? Otherwise, it's it's just nonsense. Like it's just my spirit guide told me about a past life or some shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Fuck am I, I supposed love this to idea ask? that I'm I'm supposed to accept that there's a goddamn dragon out in the fucking cosmic whatever. Oh yeah. But I'm not supposed to ask about truth. Space dragon. Space dragon. <laughs> Oh, God. Number two is you shouldn't worry if you don't understand the practical guidelines that entities give to you. You should follow these guidelines just as if you were playing a game. They will guide you to a path of freedom that you are not able to understand. So although it often doesn't make sense, you must follow what they indicate according to your disposition. It is only with practice that you will understand what the entities want to show you. Over time, you will feel that they are helping you reach a path of freedom, but that does not mean that they will not feel almost always frustrated. It turns out that as we said before, the path of freedom is not the path of the human mind. What that means is they will show you a path that goes against your mind. What? So you're telling me to start asking oracles practical questions. And then when I'm like, wait a minute, no, I shouldn't spend $400 on, um, uh, on a Funko pops. Bro, just, just trust me, bro. And, Bro, you just gotta just do it. Bro, I, I bro, swear, bro. This, the, the dragon says it, bro. The tra- just the buy the Funko Pops, bro. Just buy all the Funko Pops, bro. Come on. Oh my god. Don't be a bitch. Oh my god. Like for real. It's like and, and you know, not to not even to be not to be like it just makes me think of like you, you always hear these these stories when you're in like the the spooky mysteries from yesteryear where it's like they thought it was a, a friendly ghost. They thought it was Casper just living in the house. And then it turned out it was a demon. And they, when they acted <laughs> friendly and gave it attention, they made it stronger. And then it punched their daughter in the kidney or some shit like that. Maybe, just maybe, because a random spirit or entity or whatever the fuck you want to call it told you to do something doesn't mean you should listen to it. That would That's probably a really bad idea. And then this thing is telling you like, no, it won't make any sense, but you just got to like do it, bro. This, this feels like a, this feels like a really shitty demon wrote this. <laughs> bro, Nike, I'm a dragon, bro. <laughs> I'm a dragon, bro. Dragons have never lied to you ever. Dragons. <laughs> oh my god, dumbest fucking shit, right? All right. Uh the the British Sonic. Oh no, no wait. No, actually it was the Archie. Oh my god, I read I've read too many Sonic comic books in my entire life. Whatever. The point is is that in one of the Sonic comics there's a character that's a dragon. <laughs> like there's a thing where Sonic gets accused of killing somebody and they're like the dragon comes up and goes, Sonic didn't do it. And they're like, that doesn't mean anything. It's like, yeah, it does. Cause dragons can never lie. 
<laughs> like, oh shit, that's good enough for me. I guess he didn't do oh, it. Oh, real shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, real talk? But it's the same thing, I guess. Dragons can't lie. You just got to listen uh, to them. And just because your brain thinks that this is fucking stupid, it's because your brain is a bitch and you can't listen to it. Your brain is not the boss. Only the dragon is the boss. <laughs> This is the part that I really wanted to talk about because I think this is going to be a complete fucking schlock. The philosophical confrontation. Now you already have an initial basis to connect and practice with these allied entities who like to show themselves to us under the sign of the dragon. Now we will talk about the philosophical conflict that results in this practice. The connection with entities show us a reality that disassociates itself from the main philosophies that govern human thought. In a way, this is because such philosophies are also, at heart, prejudices. But they are prejudices legitimized by the status of all philosophical authority. So we must confront such philosophies, for they get in the way of the practice that we are trying to describe. These philosophies are Platonism and Hermeticism. Yo, Socrates was a bitch, yo. <laughs> Fuck him up. I... First off, no like fuck. the philosophy is just prejudice. Like there's nothing to it at all other than just, you know, be like, uh, you know, that's what I think. Fuck it. <laughs> this is clearly someone that doesn't know much about uh, philosophy in general, I think. But so number one, we have anti-Platonism. The hidden prejudice in Platonism is that there are supposedly superior worlds called the world of ideals. This is a prejudice because there is nothing more than an, an erroneous impression that comes from the human mind. Since wait, human wait, wait, mind wait, wait, is something imposed on humanity, we need to got... alleviate the discomfort. Yeah, you've no, got no, a no, cosmic no, dragon. Get... You've got a cosmic space dragon who's telling you all the things you need to do. And you're like, oh, there's like a greater world of the ideas. And it's like, you've got a, you've got like platonic dragon friends <laughs> as opposed to romantic dragon friends. Because ain't, ain't no dragons going to fuck you. You dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cracked lips. <laughs> And your mama owes me $5. Your dragon owes me $5. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All the callbacks. All the callbacks. I don't know. The world of ideas is an idea that comes from the... (laughs) The world of ideas is an idea that comes from the redundancy of the human mind, which is to say that it's an idea based on nothing, just the need for the mind to impose its authority on us. There you go, folks. Like anytime you took a philosophy class and they try to get you to read Plato, just look at your professor and say, "There's this is based on nothing. Everybody hates the mind so much, apparently. And then it's like, when your ass has to do math, you're going to be really mad. <laughs> oh, shit, I got rid of my mind. <laughs> now I'm never going to know how to hang this fucking shelf properly. <laughs> oh, God, the hermeticism part's even better. Anti oh, hermeticism is stupid. So hermeticism is like not things. entirely wrong. <laughs> You're right because hermeticism is not entirely wrong. Its laws are true. The problem with hermeticism is thinking that the entire universe is governed by its laws, which of course is a prejudice. Another idea based on nothing. What's the point of having laws if they don't work on everything? <laughs> stupid. That's not a law. <laughs> A lot of what hermeticism is true, but it's also stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my God. Anti-traditionalism. Since human traditions are governed by Platonism and Hermeticism, by following the dragon, you'll be taken away from them. Okay, wait a minute. You're telling me that all of human tradition is based on Platonism and Hermeticism? God damn Bro, it, Descartes. what? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, all of human behavior These fuckers behavior haven't is, read shit. Well, it's also incredibly Western-centric, isn't it? Like, do you, you mean to tell Super. me that... Yeah, like, yeah... Yeah, the entire China is ruled by Platonism. Those goddamn Asian Platonists. Oh, man. It's like they're not even trying to have a real argument here. It's just like, man, you know what Platonism is? Nothing. It's you know what Hermeticism nothing. is? You know, it's, it's kind of right, but it's also stupid. Nothing. It's, it's stupid nothing. nothing. Stupid nothings, and I got a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Falcor are shitting on all of y'all. Traditions, including self-proclaimed draconian traditions, are just a way of feeding human mind. So there we go. It's not Kenneth Grant because Kenneth Grant was very big on the idea of the draconian tradition. So that's their, they're like, hey, let's like do all that Kenneth Grant stuff. And then we'll just say it's not a tradition and it's not ritual. <sighs> what I, I think that this is actually the trick is that they're telling you that they are also full of shit. <laughs> it's a litmus test to figure out if you're really ready for the dragon or not. <laughs> Here's the, you, you are not ready to enter the dragon. <laughs> God damn. The path of the dragon is an existential desert. And then they have a part down here. That's very important to me because I it's am just going a to picture hate every of a moment desert. of this. <laughs> the desert as a magical quest. The path we have tried to describe won't only take you away from the structures of your mind. It'll take you away from the structures of the human world, too. You'll be introduced into a desert where you'll be alone, but also where the entities will help you to deal with all of your problems. The purpose of the entities is to teach you how to live in a superior way. It's not about social superiority. It's about existential superiority. Well, I mean, I read Heidegger, so I'm already existentially superior to everybody. <laughs> Um, so what I'm hearing is that you're going to go out in the desert and they're going to help you with your problems. And your biggest problem is going to be, fuck, I'm in a desert. <laughs> it's hot. No, it's going to be, fuck, there's a dragon. There's a dragon in this desert. How is this dragon staying alive? It's like a hundred degrees. Oh, wait, you're cold blooded. That makes sense. <laughs> this dragon has um, just laid on a rock for like three hours. <laughs> I don't see how this helps me get out of this desert. But I was also told to not use my brain. <laughs> oh, man. What so have we learned existential. from this? <laughs> this feels like a very blatant attempt by somebody that, you know what? Like, I wish that I could say that this, the, the, the society of the dragon thing was like a, a Saturn cult LARP or something. It's the really same guy. Do. Frank made this. <laughs> Frank, we know it's you. Come out. Come on the show, Frank. Just talk to us. Yeah, we just want to talk. Uh, this honestly, in a lot of ways, feels like it's cribbing notes from early chaos magic. There's a little bit of Luciferianism type shit in it. There's the very weird anti-mind sort of thing where it's like mind bad. And it's just like, uh, I don't understand the weird, the, the obsession with the dragon thing seems very cliche. But I'm also one of those people that I, I find a lot of things cliche and trite and done to death that aren't necessarily 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just an idiot, and I think that something has to be novel to be correct or be interesting. You're you're an idiot because you're using your brain. You're right. You're right. I don't necessarily get why you're talking about the universe being like an interconnected energetic structure, but also there's dragons and you got to like link up with the dragons and be buddies with them. And it's like most people would do like one or the other where it's like, yeah, there's like weird external entities that you need to connect with. There's alien intelligences you need to make contact with, or it's like everything is this weird interconnected structure that you just sort of have to tap into and realize your own omnipresence. Uh, It's just, I I don't like, I really want to know who wrote this because it's just a little odd, but also the idea that you need to make contact with some sort of entity and just do whatever the fuck it tells you is horrible fucking advice. Even if you don't believe that any of these things are real and like when you connect up with a spirit guide or whatever, it's just some manifestation of your psyche. There's parts of your psyche that you just should not fucking listen to like that, you know? I mean, yeah, like even it's down to the really- Freudian thing of like, you know, there's there's the the ego, the super ego and the id, and you probably shouldn't just like listen to your id all the fucking time. Well, there's also the ultra ego, which is like a super ego, but better. Because it's, it's got a dragon. <laughs> I think the anarcho-nihilism comparison that you brought up earlier is pretty apt. Because I feel like this I this as a philosophy and as an idea is just incoherent. It doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense if you really look at it. It's just sort of against certain things. And then doesn't really give you any other stance on it other than like go listen to the dragon. Listen to the dragon. Yeah, I don't know. If any of our listeners or members or know anyone in the society of the Disciples of the Dragon, tell them to hit us up because we got lots of questions about this Drek. Yeah, this is this is shit. I, I do enjoy taking people's bad ideas and just sort of like spewing about them for a minute. But like, this is Drek. This is bad. And it's it's different than like, oh, I disagree with it. Like. There's and I can at least point to one thing in here that is actually incredibly bad advice if you're an occultist of any kind of ilk. That's really bad yeah. advice. Like yeah, the, somebody, someone go- who would genuinely tell that to you does not have your best interest at heart, or they're so they're so maliciously stupid, I guess, as to be yeah. dangerous. For no other reason yeah. that if you start hearing, if you start having some kind of voice or presence tell you to do shit and you just do it without thinking about it, you're gonna, you're gonna do something fucking boneheaded that's gonna get you fucked up. Yeah, like this isn't your holy guardian angel, like putting you on the path forward. This isn't even like your fucking spirit guide or your ancestor showing up to you. This is just like, there's an entity that's allied with human forces. And I promise you it's a good dude. He's a dragon. He's very spiky and scaly. Do what he says, please. Do what he says and don't question. If you question it, it's because of your brain and your brain can't be trusted. Terrible advice. You gotta, you gotta get rid of that cop in your head. Yeah. yeah, that's basically all I have to say about it. I thought the anti-hermeticism and anti-Platonism part of it were really funny because it's just like, you know what? You know Socrates what these things are based on? Bitch, nothing. <laughs> nothing. You know what my ideas about the dragon are based on? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> all right, I guess we're on to the palate cleanser. How goes the work? 
I'm actually, I've got one goal in mind for the next week, right? I, I don't want to talk about it right now, but when the next episode comes around, I will actually try to give a detailed explanation of what happened and how it went down. Dope. Are you going to talk to the dragon? You know what? I was just thinking about like, man, you know what this incredibly annoying situation needs? A dragon. (laughs) But no, we'll we'll see how it goes. And me not thinking at all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? How are things going on your end? Are you still, uh, you still needing to call the Ghostbusters or what? Nah, things seem to be all right for the moment. I, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's actually gone, but it's contained for the moment at least. So that's fine. Um, I redid my altar space and I kind of have like two separate altars set up in my area at this point, which is pretty cool. That's something I wanted to do for a while is kind of have different spaces dedicated to different kind of work. So I'm glad I did that. Um, other than that, I've just been dealing with my normal practice. I'm not doing the Enochian stuff anymore. Not because of like, oh no, I got burned on the Enochian, but just like I, I did, I got what I needed out of it. And I'm kind of moving forward because I too am willing to just talk to entities and be like, yeah, I'll do what you say. Sure. I'm not going to think about it at all. <laughs> Enochian angels. <laughs> no, but I, I got what I needed out of that. And I'm just sort of doing my root practices, just meditation and banishings and stuff, and really looking towards what I'm really trying to accomplish in the rest of the year. That's kind of what I'm at. All right. All right. It's a simple, but it's a, you know, a lot of times the, the work is not just finding the next grandiose thing to attach yourself to. It's just working through and thinking about your goals and what you're trying to accomplish on this world. And sometimes it's just petty acts of revenge. (laughs) You wanted to fuck around and now you must find out (laughs) with a dragon. (laughs) With a dragon. All right. And with that, this has been chaos magic news. Just say it. I know you're going to say it. What? I, I mean, you, what the only podcast that is, Completely made by not thinking and taking orders from a dragon. There we go. That's what I was looking for. (laughs) As always, if you too want to find people you disagree with and mock them relentlessly, you can find us at (laughs) chaosmagicnews.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Chaos Magic News. On the main site, you'll find articles, links to the pod, interviews, and more. Am I leaving anything out? No, I think you got it. Cool. That's pretty much everything you could ever possibly want from us. So with that, uh, Cerebus, I feel like I should have brought that up more. That's such a good one. Yeah. But uh, Cerebus, would you like the last word? Uh, Cerebus am trapped in a four-panel hell. (laughs) There, is that a a good enough joke for your Cerebus That's a great joke. That is a great joke. Fantastic. All right, in that case... Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. No, I don't know what kunk means. I've just been hearing kunk, and I don't know what it means, and I'm scared.